20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. Square. Twenty square. Why do we collect things? Some use it as a form of relaxation. For others, it's the thrill of the hunt. Or perhaps it's a way of keeping the past alive. This is Ian Dodds. Do you want to start officially? And he collects and restores records. Testing, one, two. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, find me. Yep. That's okay. Okay. If you can tell me your name and uh, what you do. I'm, I'm Ian Dodds and I have a collection of recordings that I've amassed over my, over about 60 years. And uh, what I like to do is to restore them, using the term in, um, in quotes, I suppose, in a way, because you can only remove the noise that's inherent in the recordings, really, to, to make them sound better. And that's what really I think um, I'd like to talk about actually the restoration of these old recordings and keeping them alive for people to hear. Okay, so where, where are these recordings from? The period I like, which is the period I concentrate on, with, is from mid-1920s. Although I do have a lot of acoustic recordings going back to the turn of the last century, I've um, I really concentrate on the recordings from the beginning of the electric era, from the mid twenties, up until around about nineteen fifty. Now you yourself uh, used to live in Melbourne, and you and you came to Ballarat fifteen, 15 years ago. So what were you doing up in up in, across in Melbourne? Basically, I was just a, a manager of, of, of various non profit organisations for the last twenty years of my working life, and. Um, Collecting had always been part of my life, collecting records and various other bits and pieces. I'd go into second-hand shops and find records and occasionally I might find a record player that interested me because that helps. I think um, it helps to understand the times when, they, when you're collecting something like recordings to understand what they played them on and, what they, and how they actually went about playing them and how they heard them. Obviously, you have records, yeah. but you're also putting things onto a computer. Mm. So do you prefer a computer version or a record version? Being a collector, I constantly play my records. I love the sound of them. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people these days whose ears can't tune out the noise, the surface noise. You mean that... Yeah, there, that's, yeah, that's dead <laughs> right. And, and perhaps it'd probably be a good time now to play something like that so people can hear what, what I mean. Sure, sure, so, absolutely. So, so if I play a little bit of this recording from 1928, you'll hear, uh, this is raw, this is just as it's recorded straight into the computer. That's probably enough of that noise, but what I do with them is I put them through the computer, and I only I do it's only really several things. One is that that bit of that noise that you heard at the beginning before the music started, the computer will memorise it, and then you tell the computer to take that noise out right mm. through the record. Are you talking about just isolate that frequency? Because wouldn't that take well, out a lot of stuff? It does. As well? it, yeah. it takes out. You, you've got to adjust it so so it, it smooths out that surface noise yeah and make the ear think nothing's happened would it be a mistake to ask you exactly how that's done 
I, if we had a lot of time, I could probably go into it in the technicalities no. with the decibels and, no. the, and, and all that sort of stuff. But, but the, the fact is that it's just trial and error. Every yeah. single track takes time. So is most of your restoring taking out the hiss from the, these old yes, records? Yes, right, right. The so, hiss, the pops, the scratches, all, that, all, all the things, yeah. the extraneous noises that people feel uncomfortable about listening to, I take them all out. So right, pops yeah. and scratches are easy because they don't really take out the sound. It's the surface noise that's hard to do. But it can be quite effective. You know, perhaps if I just play you a little bit of that one we just heard with, with the surface noise removed. For your easy reference, this is what it sounded like before. You can hear from that the difference it makes to remove the surface noise. That suddenly now you can hear the music. Hmm. I, I can hear when I'm doing it. I can hear that someone's dropped a cymbal or something. Oh which, right. And they didn't worry about it back then because it was all recorded directly to the disc. No tape or anything didn't exist. And every now and then you hear somebody, you know, a drumstick gets dropped or something, the wrong notes hit, but they think, oh well, we'll let it go because it was all about making money. They weren't going to waste any money. You hear you people know. coughing and. Occasionally, yes, yeah, and right. every now and then you hear somebody, you hear someone, if it's playing a jazz number, you hear somebody, oh, yeah, yeah, and it gets carried <laughs> on. But, but some, you miss it with the noise. Because it's, in the it's background. lost. It's yeah, lost right, in the right, background noise. But every now and then you can hear an early Louis Armstrong from the late 20s, and you'll hear somebody, you know, giving an exclamation about how cool that was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what type of records do you enjoy? Or are well, we talking music or are we talking actual yeah, other yes. recordings as well? It, anything really, anything to do with the history of, of music and the history of recorded works in some ways. Not so much classical, although I do love some of the classical singers. But We're not talking, though, audio um, of people talking or things like that? Yes, oh, yes. His, uh, I can play you one just briefly now. Oh, okay. Of Don Bradman, when he went to um, England in 1930 for the, t- for the tests there, he was, you yeah. know, he... he he was remarkable, basically, and he's so popular over there as well from what he did that he made a record. I'll just hear, play a little bit of okay, it because, again, you'll hear his voice as he was when he was about 27 years oh, old. Oh, right, right. So this is this young, a young Don Bradman talking about, a little bit, talking about cricket. Somebody has just asked me how one makes a cricket record, and, frankly, I cannot answer this question. You have a bat, the bowler a ball. Each is trying to beat the other. You know, I'm suspecting that he's actually reading this. Oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he was. Because, again, people were very nervous. It was a new thing to, to record, and he would have done that. But he was also a very good piano player. Right. So on the other side... Oh, really? He played a little bit of piano. Playing a very um, popular style for, from for, from that from day, that day yeah. that stride piano. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the, the bass sounds a bit heavy sometimes when you when you hear it like that. But still, well, he was that, a pretty good go. he's a pretty good pl- piano player. There's no doubt about it. Well, he's better than I am. <laughs> and me. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm getting an idea of what's going on here. And so it's music and it's sounds, but mainly music. Mainly music. Pop- yeah. it, I, I, I sort of generally classify it as popular music of the day. Charleston and those sorts of foxtrots and things of the 1920s. Mm. I, I really love that music. It's really lovely, bright, lively music, like that first bit I played. Okay, so why do you restore these uh, records? Because there must be other people doing this. There were, certainly. I've been involved in it for so, in so many different ways. For about six years in the early 90s, I was um, reviewing for the Green Guide, the age Green Guide, mm-hmm. Not all the nostalgia issues. There were a huge amount because CDs started in the late 80s, and when that's when they started, they started putting out all this stuff, all this old music on CD. Some of it just off LPs. They just reproduced LPs onto CD, and the quality, not to put too fine a point on it, was pretty awful. You know, mm. it was it was hard to right. be positive about some of it. It was so badly done, and so as the years went by, I thought I'm going to start doing it myself. And so I just started doing it as a hobby, and then I just people wanted it, wanted the CDs. So, mm. I mean, if I sell ten discs, ten CDs of something, I consider it a gold record. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a hobby. I, I share the music with other people. That's really all it is. There's no profit in it, really, to speak of. So it's quite possible when you take something off the shelf here that you mm. could have the best recording of it in the world. It's, it's possible. It's very possible, particularly in Australia. I don't think most people realise that in Australia, um, particularly during the 30s, when this is it's almost the peak of the recording from the collector's point of view, the, the quality's great, there were some great artists around, some terrific dance bands, music developing. We were getting into the swing era for people who like the swing era. And it was terrific. Um, but from the point of view of the, the history of recording sound, Australia... We started quite late. Australia didn't start making records until 1926. So there's nothing before 1926? There is no commercial recording before 1926. There are some records that people have found of amateur recordings, but um, there was nothing. But the first recordings made were set up with an acoustic machine that they sent out from England. Um, the cynic in me makes me believe that they had this old acoustic equipment because they were putting electrical equipment in in England, and so they just sent it out to Australia, with the <laughs> old one. And they recorded this recording, which was a, a dance band um, from 1926. You know, when we start hearing this, it, it has me worried because it sounds like some of these notes are a little off. Um, you don't, you don't have to worry. It's not your hearing. They were <laughs> off. They, of course, when you think about it, this was this was the very first recording, commercial recording made in Australia. So they got a band in called Sydney Simpson and his Wentworth Cafe Orchestra. This wasn't the best band in, in town. Well, it was a band. You know, <laughs> we don't know how good they really were because there were other bands around. There is a charm to it, though. Well. I suppose, yeah, but, but the... <laughs> it gets better. Well, yes, there's definitely some instruments there that just weren't quite right. But um, then it, the yeah, the interesting thing about that is that I think they realised that 
maybe people would buy records in Australia and they thought that that recording didn't sound all that good, <laughs> aside from the musicians out of tune. So that was, that was the first recording that you made? That was the first recording made in Australia, yeah. And then a few months later, and it literally was a few months later, they, um, Columbia put in an electric recording system. And this is one of the recordings they made on the electric recording system. It's a little bit better than the other one as far as the recording goes and, and they sounded pretty much in tune. Yeah, I like this piece and um, they are singing with, as we would expect back in the 20s, they're singing with an English Well, no, actually, or... they sang with Aussie accents because, this, this yes, is a... they didn't try to hide it. They didn't try to sing with a central, you know, Atlantic accent or anything. Like nowadays, everyone sings with a twang in their voice, just about. But in those days, the Australians just sang. They're not trying to sound more classy? No. No, they're just simply singing the way people heard them sing normally. And this one is very interesting because this is one called Home to Ballarat. And this was in... Um, Ballarat was spelt with two A's then, so the, re- so the record has the two A's on the label. And you'll, you'll hear from this that... Um, this is, this is uh, slightly edited, but you'll hear from the voice that it's... You couldn't really say it's English. Yes, that's different. Yes, that's different. A city built on gold, she gave her wealth untold. It made our land so great and grand, a land of liberty. Yes, home to Ballarat. Um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't made no attempt whatsoever to hide their their Australian accent. Or, so, who recorded that? Yes, that was the Two FC Studio Orchestra, which was, of course was the radio station in Sydney, Two FC. Right. That was their studio dance orchestra because most radio stations had a dance orchestra then. And Len Maurice was the singer. He made scores of records in Australia. Lynn Maurice, he was just one of those singers that was there all the time and he, he performed on the stage and did, it, did a huge amount of work. What's the most important part to you about restoring this? For me, it's the love of the history of record of recording, of the, of the music. Um, some of it I love, so it's easy. I love dance band music. I love the popular music period from that period, 1925. It's labour of love it's fantastic but I also know I'm I'm actually doing a service for people who really are interested in history musical history but it's it's all to me it's a matter of keeping this music alive but I think I have I think people who collect this sort of thing people who collect old books or collect records or who collect anything that has something to do with history have a responsibility to make sure that that's still available to people who want to hear it who really want to hear it. If they don't, well, that's fine, that's their choice. But it should be there for people who want to hear it and see it. Otherwise, there's no point. Thanks to Ian Dodds from Crystal Stream Audio. He has a website. And thanks to Jen Dodds. Additional material written by Anne Murison. Original music by Ryan Goodwin. 
Check out Virtually Ryan for more of his work. Editing by Ricky Cheno. The logo is still designed by Chris Frith. And thanks to H Studios. I'm Ben Plaza, and this is 20 Square Blocks. <laughs>